Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Just, uh, yes, the chat's acknowledging us. Hello, welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yati. And this is Marty. Hello. We both need haircuts. Yes, we were just talking about it. Um, well, we're in a bit of a doldrum of the year right now, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Releases are a bit uh, tapered off until GDC, possibly. Yeah, in terms of big AAA stuff, the only the only big thing this month is going to be Resident Evil 4. Um, and then hmm. there's uh, sort of a madness from the middle of April all the way through um, past E3. So Fun, fun, fun. Uh, but we were yeah, thinking, yeah, but we were thinking of what to talk about, and then we realized, hey, look, it's 2023, and that's 10 years after 2013. It is. Oh, my God. Look how that works. Time what flies. Happened, what happened in 2013? So we had a uh, quick look, and it turns out quite a lot of interesting things happened in 2013. Interesting, relevant things, because yeah. uh, one of the things that came out was The Last of Us, which is mm -hmm. now a hugely popular HBO smash hit. Yeah. yeah, even though the I game kind of sucks, and everyone agrees with me now that it sucks. No one agrees. I mean, I'm not going to say no one agrees with you because I've also made a list of games that I feel like their stock has gone up in ten years, and games that I feel like their stock has gone down. And I feel like, despite HBO's The Last of Us success, its stock has gone down, if only because it felt like it got universal tens across the board. And I, I'm not going to say universal because I don't think you would have given it a ten at the time, but by and large. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. Sorry, Toffee was just dancing in glee because he's going for his walk. Uh, Toffee is a very big Last of Us fan as well. Yes. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page of 2013 and Last of Us just scooped all the awards. Yeah. So part of the reason, um, also, thank you for everyone who's already sent in Super Chats. We'll obviously read those halfway through um, the chat. But uh, part of the reason this idea um, sort of sparked in me is because I've seen a lot of like there is with anything, after a certain amount of time, there's kind of a critical reappraisal mm -hmm. of of different stuff. And not only The Last of Us, but I've seen a lot of people because later this month is the 10th anniversary of Bioshock Infinite, uh -huh. um, which is another game that I feel like at launch was 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 lauded. And then um, in the years since, I think has really, there's been like kind of a pushback against it. Um, I don't agree. And, I think the pushback was immediate against Bioshock Infinite. Largely by people are complaining it wasn't a whole lot like Bioshock 1 or 2. I, on the other hand, quite liked it, and still quite like it. So do I, honestly. Like, I, I, uh, I feel like, and maybe part of it is it's aged well in my mind because um, we haven't gotten a follow-up yet. We never got an, a sequel to Infinite. I mean, we got, like, the, the Burial at Sea DLCs. Um, but uh, we never got their next game because the studio dissolved and we never got yes. ken levine's next game although it was revealed in december as judas which seems like the actual follow yes, follow up to yes. infinite he's been working on his thing ever since yeah which he was nuking forever in for a while which is, yeah which is a verb i've decided uh yeah i mean i guess i was gonna say but at least his will come out but i guess duke nukem forever did did come out yeah. i mean hopefully it uh hopefully it uh uh <laughs> Ends up being a little bit better than the original, but oh, um, I mean, we've uh, we've excited some passionate views in the chat. We could very people. I'm gonna be honest. People are very angry. Oh my god, there's so much yes. cussing. There's cussing we can't even show. Oh yes, Hunter Road is reminding me that my personal title for Bioshock Infinite is Culture Shock, which yes. I still think is a much better name for it. 
in in terms of all your isms, that's not really an ism, but in terms of your little your 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 coined terms, that might be one of my favorites. Yes, it's he was saying it's a fun game, but the story falls apart at the end, which is true of every game that ends with shock. Frankly, uh, honestly, that's yeah, hard to <laughs> hard and, to debate that. And Shashank seven one seventy is vocal in his contempt for Bioshock yeah. Infinite, extremely so. Yeah. To be fair, Shashank is also uh, the world's number one Pokemon fan, so we got a grain of salt that. Well, Bioshock Infinite is the direct opposite of Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> um, this was an interesting year because these games we mentioned, and I feel like there's three games I think of with this year. We mentioned two of them, and the third one was Grand Theft Auto V. Grand Theft Auto which, V, um, yes just does just doesn't stop it just keeps going and and well, we've seen it keep, released on they, three platforms and well, they turned it into a live service didn't they mm -hmm. uh, with gta online yeah yeah they keep bringing out shit for that yeah but uh, yeah gta 5 definitely had a certain cultural impact i mean i would say so it's 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 sales are um Un unprecedented in in terms of like the AAA space, it's kind of uh, it's mind boggling to think of. And yes, part of that is because it's been re released over the course of ten years on three different generations of consoles. Um, and that generation thing is also important because this was um, this was one of those years that was the end of the the PS3 slash um, 360 generation. And in November, we got the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, which, if you go back to those last good. years, yeah. Um, the last years of a console are always pretty exciting because it feels like people have a, f a firm grasp on the hardware. Well, like these yeah, were the years takes... in the PS2 we got like Okami and Final Fantasy twelve and God of War two and stuff that really pushed the hardware to the limits. Yeah, it always takes a few years for developers to really get to grips with the console. Yeah. And to kind of start doing stuff that aren't just, you know, tech demos that to get pushed out with the console launch. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild to think those the, the three games we've mentioned so far, and we're gonna talk about a lot more, you know, smaller games and indies and stuff, but um The Last of Us Bioshock and uh, uh Grand Theft Auto V, it's crazy to think what those games look like and do compared to what the games at the start of the hardware looked like and did. Um it yeah. really shows you like how much of a growth you could have over the course of a single generation. We saw the last generation too, with you know, by the time the PS4 was was um, tapping out, we had you know The Last of Us Two and, and Ghost of Tsushima and Final Fantasy VII Remake, which were pretty pretty friggin' gorgeous. I mean, God of War Ragnarok was still on the last gen. I'm just uh, reminding myself what the launch stuff of the PS3 and 360 was, generation was. Uh, it was or the PS4 and the or you, or you PS, think of PS3? Yeah, because you were talking about this was like the end of the PS3 era. I'm just reminding myself so, what the games came out at the start of the PS3 era. Yeah, the launch of the 360 had like Call of Duty 2, uh, Condemned, Peter Jackson's King Kong, oh, Perfect Hero, Cameo. Condemned is such an ugly game if you look at it <laughs> from a modern perspective. I think that might be one of the games on Nick's list, his, his amorphous blob of a 360 replay list. Everyone looks like Cornish pasties that turned into people. Because you, you know why. You homeless people. You know why that sort of thing happens is that these are like the games that were being developed for the last generation that have been very hastily spruced up now that the new mm. console's coming up. Yeah, yeah. And so they still have like fundamentally the same bones of the uh, of, yeah. of the old games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the, the we, we kicked off, you know, the, the fall of uh, 2013 kicked off the new generation with stuff. I mean, the, the exclusive games were kind of bad like knack and kill zone and rise son of rome yeah the um, start of the start of this generation was pretty bad for games but yeah then, as i say this is usually the case 
But the uh, the standout game I remember playing on those consoles that launched was uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which I think both of us mm -hmm. um, hold in a pretty high regard. And I would say that's one of the games that stock has gone up over time, if only because as the uh, as the AC series has kind of spiraled out and become something yeah. big and shaggy, this is the one we keep pointing to of like, why don't we go back and, and do something with this? Again, I said it was great from word one, so uh, people should just listen to me. You were never wrong. I'm so proud of you. Certainly I'm not. Um, and then uh, Nintendo was in a weird weird uh, place this year because this was the second year of the Wii U, which oh, is God. just like a very forgettable stretch between, you know, the Wii was like the biggest thing in the world for a time, and then the Switch was the biggest Funny, thing in the I world for of, a time. I think of the Wii as the console that was part of the generation that included the PS3 and 360, although it was really more sort of the generation before. Well, they, this was around the time Nintendo kind of broke that whole idea. Because, like, the GameCube yeah. was the original. Like, the GameCube was to PS2 and Xbox. The 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 Wii, in theory, was to PS3 and 360, although they couldn't share a lot of games just because the Wii was so underpowered. And then this came out and obviously didn't last very long. But we got uh, Mario 3D World this year, which yeah, I thought was Yeah, this excellent. was sort of the tail end of the motion controls craze as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We were sort Nintendo. of uh, realized, like, the PlayStation Move and the Xbox Connect started to realize yeah. that it wasn't really uh, any good for the core gaming experience. So it got kind of, uh, like, I guess the focus came back onto the just the straightforward user-standard controller sort of shit. Yeah, and like, uh, what can we do with all the graphics and yeah. sort of just make more traditional experiences? Uh, 3DS was also like big at the time. This is the year we got uh, Link Between Worlds, which is great. That and uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, which was sort of one of Fire Emblem's first big hurrahs in in the states. Um, and then uh, a lot of other games I think that have sort of grown in esteem recently. We just got the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, um, which mm -hmm. I think is a game that. Um, has like a lot of games that kojima has touched has aged incredibly well um yeah i think that is a game that's uh, i feel my opinion has shifted over time I was yeah bit, i was a bit cold when it, when it first came out but in retrospect it's certainly a very memeable game which is <laughs> what gives is. a lot of games staying power in this day and age of social sharing yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, the boss of the game is a U.S. senator who yeah. screams that he wants to make America great again. And See, I was, I was reviewing it from the perspective of, like, it was Platinum trying to be uh, Kojima. But if you just take it as Platinum being Platinum, then it's uh, right up there, I'd say. Also, I would I would break my own finger for just more eight-hour games. Just give me an eight-hour game. Just give me a game that enters and exits my life in a weekend, and man, would I like that. Well, it'll um, certainly be more convenient for us. I'd have more time yes, to spend would. with the kids. Yes, I realize we. I probably we 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 complain about that a lot, which is understandable. But also, everyone in chat who's like, I can buy one game every three months. Let it be big. I understand where you're coming from too. Um, we also got the Tomb Raider reboot. The the let's uh, throw Lara Croft in a river and and yeah, stab, yeah. stab her with all sorts of branches. What did you think of that one? Well, that was sort of the the beginning of what I've come to call the ghost train ride mm. era of uh, story-based single-player games, of which yeah. The Last of Us was part of as well, I suppose. Yeah. It's really just, you know, go down tight passageways, do the next bit of gameplay, 
and go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the la- I mean, The Last of Us is the middle of the Venn diagram of your Ghost Train rides as well as the Harry Dad games. Because and and we yes. had two Harry Dad games this year with Bioshock Infinite and and The Last of Us. And my phone went off. That, that's distracting me. I'm not answering yep. it because it's a, it's like an unknown number. Remember when you used to answer? Remember when you used to answer your phone when it rang? I think it is. It is unhinged. Anyone who calls me without giving me warning, I, know, I think crazy, it is right? genuinely unhinged. Yeah, um, I'm never. I'm never going to be answering my phone again. Yeah. yeah. Um. Some of the other biggies this year. Uh, uh, we got yeah. Devil May Cry DMC, which is a game oh, I think that. its stock has gone up because people were not happy with it. And then I think in retrospect, people are like, that, that game was pretty good. It wasn't old Devil May Cry, but we were too harsh on it. Yeah, but then Devil May Cry 5 came out and everyone said, oh, thank Christ for that. Hey, DMC, <laughs> guess where you're going? Dustbin of memory. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun hanging out with Halloween 5. <laughs> um, we also had the year kicked off with uh, Nino Kuni, I think, which has it been forgotten, but was a very nice, quaint um I think Nino traditional Kuni. but very pretty uh, JRPG. Yeah. In Nino, the I think Nino Kuni Two was the more interesting game uh, be- because of the the president. <laughs> yes, because of the president uh, getting isekai'd. Genuinely insane. I don't know in what universe that existed, but, but of course um, the first one had all those you know beautifully hand animated Studio Ghibli cutscenes, which that's true. Nino Kuni Two cheaps out on. That's true. Um, in February, in the span of a single week. If uh, a real disappointing time for fans of sci-fi body horror, because we got Dead Space Three and Aliens: Colonial Marines in the span of a single <laughs> oh. week, which man, that would be a bummer. Because on paper, if you yeah. didn't look at either of those, you'd be like, man, a new Dead Space game and an Aliens game, great. Uh, but that was that was a little rough. Yeah, it would be uh, another year until Alien: Isolation sort of readied the readied the sci-fi horror tr- ship. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting, though, because this was a pretty big year for indie horror as well, because we got um, Outlast in the fall and then Amnesia, a machine for pigs. And so. That's certainly um, a memorable one. It was, you know, far closer to Walking Sim than the, the other Amnesia games, but it, yeah. it certainly sticks out in my memory a lot. Yeah, especially its payoff at the end, how the story yeah. all comes together. And, and like, it's. Man, it really took a it took a very heavy swing, um, and and I think a lot of people at the time were like, "This isn't as scary," but I think it's arguably more interesting, less impactful, but more interesting. Yeah, it's certainly like the the story sort of deals with concepts and stuff that sort of stays with me, and that's what you want yeah. from horror. You want like the concept that comes back to you at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh... In March, in the span of a single week, we had the weird one-offs of the GOW franchises. We had God of War Ascension and Gears of War Judgment, <laughs> which were the bo- both franchises in the span of a week were like, we aren't ready 
for the next installment of these tr of these trilogies. But here is a weird little one off that uh, will be forgotten in time until the series are revitalized in the next gen. Curious GOW parallelism there. God, remember when that games actually came out? Remember that I more do. than like four AAA games came out in the course of the year? Listen, these games we mentioned, like this is, aside from The Last of Us and uh, Grand Theft Auto, we're at March of this year. Like yeah, this is, this was, a, this was a beefy year. Um, we got, uh, in the indie sphere, we got uh, Guacamelee, which Ooh. I was a big fan of. Uh, yeah, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Yeah, which was, the dude who went on to make um, A Way <clears throat> Out. It, it take, yeah, and It Takes Two. A Way Out, a bit of a stumbling block. The weird connecting theme between all these games is that they're strictly two-player or uh, two-character. Even yeah. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, despite being a single-player game, was a two-player game. Yeah, it's a co-op game between your two thumbs. Yes, it's um, a co-op, yeah. a single-player co-op game. Quite unique, yeah. really. Exactly. Um, in August, uh, on the Indie Front, we had Gone Home, which um, oh, yeah, if, if Dear Esther was the first walking sim, this was kind of the big coming that out was, party for the walking sim. Yeah, that was that was the walking sim codifier, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it was sort of, sort of sat on the line between the uh, sort of first-person indie horror and the walking sim because it let you think it was a sort of first person indie horror game yeah and you kept making your way up to the attic and you're like i'm gonna find a body up here right yeah there'll be something and yeah then, no no body just memories just memories um and then also uh the stanley parable which also kind of toes that walking oh, yeah. simulator but but fourth video wall games, breaking video games answer to rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead as i yeah. called it yeah Oh, uh, hey, an interesting Saints, oh. Saints Row 4 came out this year. I, it did. Do you think this was the last great Saints Row game? Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, no. You think no, Saints Row will ever no, be great again? No more elaboration required there. No. Yeah. I think Saints Row 4 just sort of took it as far as it could go, and anything after that was going to be a step back. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, because I, I mean, you could have made another sequel that was set in space again. But it wouldn't have been the the escalation from the previous position that Saints Row Four had been. Yeah, because in Saints Row Three, it was still sort of relatively grounded crime sandbox with some wacky elements, and Saints Row Four was like, "Fuck it, let's close off the series and just go completely nuts with it." It's interesting though because there's like Resident Evil is another franchise that kept pushing the bar, and then we got the Resident Evil Six. And a lot of people thought maybe this is it. And then they they were able to inject life back into it by sort of rebuilding uh, it from the ground. Stripping up. it down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what Resident Evil 4 did. Yeah. Yeah. And then Capcom's been fortunate enough to where the first couple of games were old enough to where like Resident Evil 2 could feel fresh again by giving it the modern treatment. And mm. I guess they'll see if they can, you know, capture that lightning in a bottle again with RE4. Although I, I'm happy to say, new footage of RE4, uh, the game's weird. They showed all the weird stuff is still there. Uh -huh. Like, the game's still going to be weird. I'm very excited. My worry was that the RE4 remake wasn't going to be weird enough, but I think it's going to be weird. Grumble, 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 grumble. You just wait. You you turned around on Dead Space. You're going to turn around on this. Oh, you know, what's, softy. you know what's worth highlighting that came out apparently the same day as Saints Row 4? The Bureau XCOM Declassified. <laughs> yeah, sure is. I remember, uh, when they, I remember when they first announced that and everyone was like, what the fuck is this? Noah mm -hmm. Antweiler made a huge cock of himself. Yeah. And then, like, a little while later, with a sort of, with an air of panic about it, they released uh, XCOM 
uh, Enemy Unknown, the remake of the original XCOM. And everyone was yeah. like, oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. uh, thank Christ you didn't follow through with that stupid third-person shooter idea. And then they sort of went, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought, out, brought out the Bureau anyway, and yeah. uh, nobody, really, nobody liked it much. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> was disappointing, to say the least. Um, oh, happy memories. We also got uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon, which I feel insane because I'm one of the few people who wasn't a fan of Far Cry Blood Dragon, and I like all the stuff. You're it's like the only one spooking and You're pastiche. The only yes, one in the whole world. Did, did you? Were you a fan? I, well, I loved Far Cry Three, and I loved Far Cry Three Blood Dragon as well. Yeah, and I feel I feel nuts. I think I'm nuts. Um, it was but, fun. It was a laugh. Remember that having a laugh. Yeah, and it was able to sort of poke fun at itself, at at the genre, at games, at Ubisoft, and that's that's something um, we haven't really gotten since then from Ubisoft. Yeah, uh, every every uh, uh, big old Ubisoft style sandbox should do one of those. Uh, just hack out for a while. Uh, we thought they would, right? That this was just going to be a thing they were going to do. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something, something like that for Far Cry Four. Uh, Far Cry 4 had that whole New Dawn, or, uh... uh no, that was Far Cry was 5. Far Cry 5 did New Far Dawn. 5. Far Cry 4... 4 had, had Primal, Primal kind of, which yeah. was its own game. They tried to be yeah. like, well, let's just make an entire caveman thing on the same map. It's not yeah. really the same thing. Yeah. Um, in terms of, hey, remember how big this was for a little bit? Remember Flappy Bird? I remember Flappy Me Bird. It was a big, uh, subject I brought up in my extra punctuation on how mobile games went to shit. Do you think Flappy Bird was in the good era or the bad era? I want to say Flappy Bird was the herald of the bad era. Oh, oh no. The, like game, it, the game itself uh, was fine. The developer uh, sort of t took it off the store himself because he was terrified yeah. of the monster he had created. But uh, it's what true. sort of uh, herald the era of mobile games just being knockoffs of each other forever. Yeah. Um... Which which has was disappointing. Although this year had what may be my favorite mobile game ever, which has never gone to anything but mobile, which is um, Device Six by Simogo. Never heard of it. Um, that might be the game I hold in the highest regard that probably the fewest humans ever have played. Um, uh -huh. It is still available on iOS, I believe, but is only available on iOS. Um, Device Six is uh, genuinely one of my one of my favorite games ever. Uh, this year, also at the E3 of this year, um, we had a new console drop. Do you remember what that console was? It wasn't PlayStation or Xbox. I promise you that. Hmm. It was going to revolutionize the games industry, and it was a very small little cube. Oh, I was even before you dropped those hints. I knew it was the Ouya. It was the Ouya. Yeah, they spent a lot, spent a lot of money at a lavish uh, coming out party at E3, and uh, I'm going to be honest, that was not great. Yeah. See, people like their indie games, but they like indie games because they can just download 500 of them for the thing they've already got. Whether that yeah. be a PC, an Xbox 360, or whatever else. Yeah, it was yeah, kind of a, kind of a, one of those, like, who, who was this for? Like, why yeah. were we... Who, who, did, who thought this would be a good idea? Um, this was the last time, the last year we saw Splinter Cell in Splinter Cell Blacklist. Uh, which I happened um, to Splinter Cell. In theory, they're working on, they're rebooting it, but... Oh, of course they are. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? 
Uh, this was uh, in terms of uh, online games that are still active today. This was the year we got uh, both Dota two as well as uh, Final Fantasy: A Realm Reborn, which yeah, might yeah, be the boring, biggest boring. example of uh, of a comeback story. Oh, you're not a big Dota two fan? Well, I just occurred, well when you mentioned Splinter Cell, I started thinking about it. I thought, do you think Splinter Cell was just a franchise that had no place to be in the with the direction video games were taking at that point? <sighs> yeah, Splinter Cell I mean, was about uh, stealthy infiltration of linear environments. Yeah. And uh, stealth was just sort of becoming one of the ingredients in the game mechanic stew of the open world game, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, The Last of Us has its own kind of stealth and everything. Yeah. And, pure, um, pure stealth kind of died uh, with Splinter Cell, I want to say. Yeah, and just like Sam Fisher and that whole thing always, it felt very um, well, post-9-11, like, 24 the tv show kind of thing like yeah i'm with you on it, that he was also yeah. one of the last uh big beefy dude protagonists yeah which very flexible big beefy dude though yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a stealth game thinking about it yeah and i mean this was the like if this was the era that ushered in the the harry harry parental figure game um you know yeah. with booker in in bioshock and with uh joel and the last of us then yeah, yeah. maybe that's just like <laughs> it was a product of a bygone era. Well, they sort of established him as a deadbeat dad, Sam Fisher. And uh, so uh, weren't having that. Didn't want to discourage that sort of attitude. Did they? I actually don't remember that. Well, yeah, I'm not a... saying that's wrong. I just don't remember any of the story beats. Well, it was the usual case that he had sort of a, a somewhat estranged daughter, as I recall. Because mm. he was never there for them because he was too busy saving the world. The usual bull bullshit. That seems like a very 24 thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, a couple, uh, a handful of uh, forgotten uh, games from Japan that I personally really liked: uh, Puppeteer and the Wonderful yeah. One Hundred One. Uh, oh, I remember when the Wonderful One Hundred One came out. That was like the new yeah. thing from Platinum, but just sort of died off with a bit of a squirt. Yeah, and its its problem was uh, like the first Bayonetta. They signed an exclusivity deal for a while with. Nintendo Wii U. for the Wii U. Fuck which... the fucking Wii U. <laughs> fucking albatross around the neck of everything thing that was on it. This was a pretty good fall for the Wii U, though. If you're a Wii U owner, you got Wonderful 101, Wind Waker HD, and Mario 3D World. Well, enjoy um, it while it lasts, Wii U owners of the past. This was the last good fall, I will say that. And yeah. it, it, given that it was only a year old, that's not great. But um, I think the Wonderful 101's problem was that it was really, really bad at explaining how to play it. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen like playthrough videos by people who uh, uh, who found fun with it, and there's mm -hmm. all this uh, shit you got to master to really get to grips with it. That the game's very bad at bringing across. Because there's a lot yeah. that game has to bring across. It's a very sort of uh, kind of complicated thing for a player to get to grips with. You control a horde of superheroes that acts yeah. like uh, one big punching machine. <clears throat> it's it's complicated you can take yeah it's a very it i think yeah that's what it was you have like a parry and dodge move but you have to unlock them you have to buy uh -huh. them from the store and the game never tells you to and those kind of those two things are kind of essential for the combat to work yeah and it's tough to even wrap your head around because when you see something like bayonet or any you know spectacle fighter as as you'd call them uh 
you have a frame of reference. You're like, okay, I understand what's going on here. Whereas this game, you're like, this looks like they're like a bunch of little Pikmin or like a bunch of little like characters in a tactics game, but I control them all as one as one super heroic blob that can turn into different forms and everything. Um, I think really interesting, but just strange. And especially on Wii U, you had to do a lot of touchscreen shenanigans, which get, get that out of here. Don't make me touch anything. Um, in terms of big duds, we mentioned a few of them, but also this was Ride to Hell Retribution. <laughs> did you uh, did you ever get to play that one? Fuck, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I reviewed that. Uh, I gave it like the Lifetime Achievement Award for shittiest game ever at the end of the year. I oh, think. congrats. Because um, you, know, you could tell, even if it hadn't been horrendously cut down, it <laughs> would have been an absolute, you know, hysterically bad game. Yes. It was, was going to be open world, an open world game about a biker sort of uh, exploring the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had some very horrible attitudes towards uh, women in sexuality. Uh, and uh, it was going to be open world, but that somehow fell through. So they just sort of cut up all the bits of the open world they'd made and crafted a linear game out of it. Yeah. And the. the the combat was terrible. It was that thing where they combine gunplay with fisticuffs, so you might as well just shoot everyone. Yeah. <laughs> just shoot all the dudes. Like, these dudes, these, like, melee-focused dudes running towards you with their fists up in, like, single file, and you just yeah. headshot, 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 headshot. Kind of a mess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, these whole motorcycle-riding sections that felt like you were riding a fucking Segway with two wheels. Yeah. Do you think like a game like that? Do they know like the developers and everyone? They know that game's bad when when it's being released, right? Oh, absolutely. They're just like, well, this is what all we had the time and resources to do. We couldn't do more. Here I you remember, go. I remember when I ran into one of the developers of Wet. Do you remember Wet? Oh, I remember Wet. Well, one of the developers uh, came to me and said, "Thanks for your review, because uh, you know everything you said. We were trying to get the publisher to understand for years." Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was in it that case. In that case, I think that whole game was like given to like it was there was one developer working on it and then the publisher gave it to another developer and gave them like three weeks to finish it mm. and i think it was one of those guys from the second developer who came up and uh said yeah yeah your review was absolutely fair and everybody yeah. who worked on that game absolutely knew it so yeah <sighs> developers know what a bummer <laughs> what, a, what a legitimate bummer uh and then the uh, the the last notable game I had on my list, um, which is fitting because we just got Lucas Pope's new game fully revealed. Oh, uh, nice. Although it's a it's a crankers game, uh, is uh, Papers Please was this year probably uh, probably yes. the standout indie game I would I say. I think it um, took a while for that to build up like the dedicated support, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was like uh, the first, his first one that really took off. He made a couple of games before then. And all of his oh, I never played of, any of his earlier stuff. All of his actually. games sort of follow the pattern of sort of uh, using a sort of mundane task, mm -hmm. usually some kind of bureaucratic task, to explore a story in the background. Yeah, yeah. Papers, Please was about literally just checking documents at the border, which was, and it was really good. Return of the Obra Dinn was just about filling in insurance forms, but it was also that and, and an incredibly exciting nautical horror story. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he just carved out a really good niche of retro-looking games where you do a boring bureaucratic task and get really invested in the story. 
yeah they just they 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 work and at least in the other games they have they they kind of leave like a a real like poignant feeling after you I, after yes. you leave them I'm a big fan of his work because I'm a big fan of um, exploring new frontiers in the use of the primary gameplay loop, whereas all yeah. a AAA game wants to do is explore new frontiers in making a game that looks like a great big frontier. And, and visuals, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's incredibly impressive that he's mostly a one-man band and, uh, yes. you know. I want to be uh, him. I want to yeah. wear his. I want to kill him and wear his skin. Oh, maybe that's what his next game will be about—about okay. uh, murdering him, and Ooh. <laughs> taking Ooh, control of his flesh. Do you think he'll be at GDC talking about his new thing? Maybe uh, that's oh, my, he might. Maybe Nick, that'll be, be my chance. Nick, get him. Get him. Cat, catch him in the toilets. Knife in the back. Where is flesh? Large Perfect. vertical cut so you can pull out the spine. <laughs> And oh then, my god, uh, this is getting very specific. Yeah, and then just wear his flesh. Mm -hmm. But that means you're going to have to finish his crank game, so you're going to have to get on that crank. I'm all over that. <laughs> the crank game, you, 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 the crank works like a little window, like a little, like almost like a mail, a mail slot, and you look through it. Yeah. You do some crank. Yeah. Uh, Nick says that might make some good content, but also might not. I mean, if you use it as content, then you, you guys might go to jail, because that's, that's very big murder. Well, maybe if we just uh, try to be really ironic with it, so everyone would assume it wasn't real. Maybe you can use Nick's newfound best friendship with Kojima to get Lucas Pope and shove him into Kojima's uh, soul-stealing machine. And then instead of wearing the flesh, you could just have his soul. I detect a note of bitterness in the phrase newfound friend Kojima there. Uh, yeah, Nick, I mean, Nick just big times us and he's like, oh, maybe I got to leave Milwaukee early because I got to jet set over to Tokyo and hang out with my good friend Hideo. We got to watch yeah. the Super Mario movie together. I don't think that's, Nick's actually doing that. That is film. exactly what's going to happen. That was my Nick impression. Yeah. And then he talks about hockey. Um, yeah, that was uh, the big, oh, the last game on my list that I really enjoyed. One of my favorite Vita games ever was Tearaway. Did you play Tearaway by Media Molecule? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I played it. You played like a little, a little. It was like a three D platformer where you played like an envelope, a little envelope man in a paper craft world. Um, okay. And then. the game had the game had a lot of folding. It was really, it was very nice. So they eventually released was, it on PS4. But was it as good as Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door? I doubt. Uh, uh, there's one part where it's almost like Teletubbies, where the, your character looks at the sun, and the uses the Vita's camera to to show your face and so when it looks up at its god you just see your dumb face looking down at it it's very yeah, that's nice gonna fall flat if your camera isn't angled properly isn't it but, i mean if you're playing on a handhold it's gonna be angled properly bringing up teletubbies like that will win me over what are you racist are the teletubbies racist oh no <laughs> no you're racist for assuming that as a british person referencing the teletubbies would win me over i'm gonna be honest it was on March 6, 2023, uh, that I realized that Teletubbies were British. I thought they were just weird. I would have said they were Italian or something because they're very okay. strange. That's they have a, they have they have heavy Italian energy to them. Teletubbies say "eto" was like the Christmas number one in the UK. Good job, UK. I'm proud of you. Shall we go to Super Chats? I'm sure some stuff will come up as we go through them. Let's. Uh, I'm not sure if I got the first one here. Is your first one at Mr. Arms and Legs? 
Uh, no, I have a couple beforehand. Okay, uh, that's my fourth one. Uh, Stephen Thomas, been a member for ten months. Thank you so much. Uh, what sort of music do you guys listen to? Any favorite current bands or albums? Uh, I tend to like uh, remember stuff. Like I, I will be going through my day and go, oh, I just remembered a song I like. And most hmm. recently, I remembered uh, the Pixies. So I listened to Wave of Mutilation uh, yeah. Wave and, of and yeah. shit like that. Those are, those are those are amazing songs. I've been listening to a lot of Vince Guaraldi. That's the guy who did the Peanuts jazz, the jazz music from Charlie Brown. Uh, I have okay. been listening to the Christmas stuff. That's just been my background noise. I've just had it, had it on in the house as I'm working. It's very oh, nice. Also, this morning I sought out Knights of Cydonia by Muse. There you go. That's also a good I one. like listening to that because the soundtrack that Sam and Joe have made for Starstruck Vagabond occasionally reminds me of uh, Knights of Cydonia. Which is no bad thing go. in my book. I was about to say that's a good thing to be reminded of. Uh, Beast March been a member uh, two years with a two dollar dono. Happy Monday, have some cash, Beast March. You, you absolute mensch. Thank you. Uh, Liam GC with a five dollar dono. Hitchcock said puns are the highest form of literature. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that? Uh, was he a dad at the time? I don't know. Is Hitchcock a he, I can't imagine him, A, being a dad, or B, having sex. I think a very, very, very clever pun uh, takes a lot of uh, abstract thought that yeah, that uh, I can appreciate. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of bad puns. He does. Yeah. He has a child named Pat Hitchcock. Uh, she passed away two years ago. You know what I quite like? He's seeing like a foreign cartoon that's been translated to English. And that's apparently a pun in its native language, and then read, having to read like the paragraph of text explaining how the pun works. There are so many anime titles that are like that, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I got, I got it, yeah. Japan okay, and for some reason Finland, two countries that really love their puns. Really love their puns. <laughs> God, I appreciate that. Hitchcock love those countries. Uh, I am now at Mr. Arms and Legs, which I believe okay. is where you you. Mr. Arms and Legs gives five Canadian dollars. Says, Yahtzee, as a fan of auteurism, have you played Ancestors, the Humankind Odysseys? It's by the creator director of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, AC1 and AC2. I think I've played that, but I didn't really stick with it because I thought it was kind of dumb. I also thought it was kind of dumb. Yeah, that was by Patrice Desolet. Okay. Yeah, it was, was Wait, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. And Desolet means sorry in French. Uh, yeah, he comes from the, uh, the, he comes from the, the New Haven Saris. Well, how appropriate that the creator of Ancestors of the Humankind Odyssey's last name means sorry. So you should be, Mr. Desilet. Oh, no. How do you know all this French? Do you just know specific words in French, or do you actually know French? I grew up in England. We study European languages because we're right next to Europe. I didn't know. Okay, you know all the Teletubbies. You know all this. Je parle français et ich spreche Deutsch. That was German. I took 10 years of German. Let me tell you, don't remember it. Well, I say I speak French and German. Uh, studying them in school and speaking them fluently, two very different very things. Different. Yeah. You didn't know about that Polish bear, did you? Oh, man, I got a lot of great comments about Wojciech, the Polish bear. I'm confident when I say that I have enough of a foundation in French and German that I could probably pick them up pretty easily if I committed to doing Duolingo for a month or two. Challenge accepted. I don't know what the challenge is, but it's been accepted. So if I, ever, if I need to go to France or Germany at some point in the future... We were going to go to Germany at some point for a con, but uh, yeah, that's sort of come through. Yeah, it's the biggest. Uh, I believe Gamescom is the biggest convention 
in the world. Not even gaming convention. I think it might be the largest convention in the world. It Blimey. smells like farts. It smells like farts. The whole thing well, smells like farts. Well, that's Germany for you. Yeah. I, is it, uh, not all of Germany. All of Germany can't smell like farts. Mind you, it seems like everyone in California speaks Spanish. A little bit of Spanish. I don't know word one of Spanish, so I'm out of, I'm out of my depth. Hanging out around these parts. Anyway, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadian dollars, says the story of Bioshock Infinite falls apart at the midpoint when it shatters against the multiverse problem. That's a good thing to fall apart against, Wesley Thomas. At least it doesn't <laughs> fall apart just because, you know, everyone stopped caring. <clears throat> also, does anything not fall apart the second it hits the multiverse problem? I think it's kind of cool that the game sort of explores these out there sci-fi mm -hmm. concepts. Yeah. I, I even liked the ending. I like the there's always a girl, there's always a lighthouse. Okay, yeah. I like that. I liked all that shit. I liked it reframing the beginning. I thought the Daisy Fitzroy stuff, I think they kind of screwed the yeah, pooch that on was that. The, I think. Bit of, a bit of a misstep there. That's where things are confusing. Yeah. Things got a bit confusing for me there as well. Mm hmm Hang on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Also, I got well actually on the spell on the pronunciation of Wojciech, and I got well actually. I said Wojtek last week, and I got well actually telling me it was Wojtek. So you guys got to have a council of the poles. You got to figure out how the fuck that bear's name is pronounced, and then get back to me, and then I'll let you know. Look who's back Which from his there? walk. Is it Wojtek the bear? Um. Yes. Well. Well spotted. Wojtek the bear is currently licking my nose. Oh, no. Does it smell like cigarettes? Because that bear loves nicotine. No, he smells like wet dog. Oh, okay. That, there's that been a lot sense. of rain around these parts lately. And all the like, native Californians are all like, yeah, isn't it great? The weather's so miserable. Maybe we won't catch fire this year. <laughs> I mean, it has been very wet, so hopefully it doesn't catch fire. That'd be nice. Uh, Hjorth87 gives 50 Danish kroner, I want to say. Name pronounced like Yard. Oh, sorry. Like Yard, but with an oar in the middle. So Yord. Huh? Yord? Yord 87. Had great fun with AC Black Flag last year on Yard's recommendation. Most still hold up, in my opinion. Just last year, that recommendation took a long time to sink in, didn't it? Yord 87. <laughs> yeah. I still think it was a very nice recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I you know I like nautical things anyway. Uh, Wind Waker's my favorite Zelda, and Oberdin, and this was a, yeah, Wind Waker HD and Assassin's Creed Pirates this year, so big big year there for the know. nauticals. I like my nauticals. Yeah. I like a big hard kick in the nauticals. Oh, no. I gotta think of if there's any nautical-themed things in, in uh, ooh, I think there might be a nautical-themed restaurant we can take you to in Milwaukee. <gasps> well, it's probably a fish restaurant, isn't it? You know, like fish? Because you respect the, that's the, the uh, paradox, isn't it? I love nautical <clears throat> stuff, can't stand fish. Mm. But then I've been reading my uh, Hornblower books again, and apparently, like old timey sailing crews, they couldn't stand fish either. I guess it's because you respect the sea so much that you well, wouldn't want to eat one of its denizens. Well, it's not so much that, so much as it is when you're living in very enclosed spaces, you don't want to cook things like fish. Oh. Yeah. That's why they're all living on like boiled beef and salt pork. Yeah. Boiled beef. Christ. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Gary Davis, member for one month in early access, 
says, Far Cry Blood Dragon, hell yeah. Respect, I, I, Gary Davis. I fully admit I'm the only, I'm the only one. I'm the only one on team. Yeah. What, that is, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Didn't Maybe you I'll grow see, up like the rest curious. of us watching uh, films with Michael Bean in them? Uh, honestly, no. I didn't. I'm not. I've said this before. I think the 80s was a uh, wasteland when it comes to uh, culture. Serious? I think. Yeah, I'm not a fan even of 80s Michael, music. Even, even Michael Bean films, The Terminator. I, I like Terminator 2 better. I like Terminator 2 better. Michael Bean like had it. a cameo in Terminator 2. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, no, this is on me. This is on me. This is this is a me problem. This isn't a problem for anyone else. Okay. Mitch Sion gave us £4.99 and says, Who caused the accident at the Spiral Pasta Factory? A few silly people. Now, that's a respectable pun. You, Alfred Hitchcock would be very excited. He would make a cameo in the back of that joke. He was so, he was so thrilled. What did I call him? Albert. I think I said Alfred. I'm pretty sure I heard Albert. Sound it off in the comments below. Do I know what that man's name is? Did he say Albert or Alfred? Use the thing where you can go back in the video. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel TH gives $5 and says, Unpopular opinion, I kind of like the story of Bioshock Infinite, but its burial at sea DLC really wasn't necessary. Man, I, I like the that, DLC. Like, while Bioshock Infinite had sort of a mixed response, almost everyone who played Burial at Sea seemed to like it, from what I heard. It's also very pretty. We got to go back to Rapture. Yeah, yeah. Just like the thing you already like. The thing. The old story. Ooh, it's familiar. Let's give it money. What happened to innovation? Safety and, safety and, fami and familiarity. Uh, Ricky gives five Canadian dollars. Says, how come Nick isn't part of the cast? He's in chat monitoring the stream anyways. So just add a third person to the discussion. Might add insight. We like bullying him knowing he can't respond, Ricky. Nick's also fine. Nick, Nick, can, Nick can join whenever he wants. Nick's a busy boy, though. Uh, Nick's, a, know, uh, Nick's America's number one busy boy. I think three people sort of makes the conversation a little more confused, in my experience. Mm. Mm. Also, a lot of, lot of people on Team Alfred, I'm going to say. Someone always feels left out. Is uh, an orgy thing? Rob Mace, member for nine months in early access, says GTA 5 was 2013. Makes me feel very old. Yeah, I remember that was like pretty much the last game I played on PS3. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a month later the new consoles came out. Um, yeah. I played it on a disc that I bought from a shop. Because my, I didn't, I had just moved into a new apartment. And I didn't yet have my internet hooked up. So I mm -hmm. played it without downloading any updates on my PlayStation 3. And it just worked. What a time to be alive. What a genuine time to be alive. I know, right? Uh, uh, that was a, it, it's kind of what, remember a generation, there was a generation, we got two, so with the previous generation on the PS2, we got three GTA games, the, the GTA 3 trilogy. Yeah. Then we got two GTA games in four and five, and now we've got none for several generations. So I don't know what's going on here. Because it takes so bloody long to make. Especially when there's this expectation for them to be on the cutting edge of graphics have to, and all that. They have to sell 100 million copies. There was a Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. If that all tied you over. Mm -hmm. And they did make like 500 uh, content mm -hmm. updates for GTA Online, for whatever, what's the, whatever that's worth. You know what game was great? Red Dead Redemption 2. What did you think of Red Dead 2? That was before we worked together. Um, I admired the writing. I think a lot of its open world was unnecessary. I think there's a lot of mm. overlong travel 
in that game. Just like real life. There you go. A flyover states of the game. Uh, Mr. Arms and Legs with five Canadian dollars says 2013 also feels the last year when AAA games could make a political statement or any statement at all and not be worried about offending anyone. Well, that's debatable, Mr. Arms and Legs. I mean, these uh, days games can make political statements just by existing, apparently. Just by existing and being inspired by the works of known turfs. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know. The Last of Us 2, you saw the discussion around that. That was... Was there much political discussion around that? I don't think that uh, game has much of a political message. Violence is violence is bad. Well, um, I suppose I suppose there's a lesbian in it. Oh, more than one I mean, lesbian in it. Uh, it's true. Uh, Mr. Arms and Legs said, or any any statement. That's more what I was. But what I, was uh, I always think it's political statements in the games that came out in 2013. I don't think Bioshock's political statement was very good. And I also don't think Grand Theft Auto's political statements are very good. Well, Bioshock Infinite's political statement was racism is bad, which uh, isn't much of a hard line stance to take. No. But its political statement was also the other side is also bad. I mean, even... Yeah. I mean, even, like, actual racists in this day and age still try to pretend they're not racists. Sure. Yeah. Because everyone agrees racism is bad. Funny that. Yeah. What's the what's like the last big AAA game that's had like not Racism outside? No, just like dealt with something that we would say was like inherently political, and not like Hogwarts where all the discussion was outside of it. And the Last of Us, like, um, well, for some reason, Mafia Three leaped to mind. Sure, yeah, which was concerned with the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, maybe AAA games just aren't, like, <laughs> can't uh, deal with, or can't can't draw with a fine enough brush to there deal with what, a lot of these topics. There was, how, there was Watch Dogs Legion being obviously about Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Even though they denied it. It was, totally, about Brexit. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> uh, Forspoken was about why having a Bengal, a talking Bengal, is a bad thing. Well, you could argue... A bangle, was, not a bangle, like the well, not the tiger. Like you could person. argue it was making some kind of statement about uh, uh, poverty in the inner city. Yeah. And, that, and how uh, you have to isekai to get away from it. It's being isekai is the only form of social mobility in uh, yeah. urban settings. Uh-huh. I think that's isekai'd. all I got. Getting isekai I like that as yeah, a Yeah, that like too is a verb. Yeah, no, I, li- I like it. I'm a big fan of getting used to cut. Phantom of the Night gives $5 and says, Greetings from my brand new gaming PC. As the spearhead of the wow. PC Master Race, TM, Yahtzee, what games do you recommend for learning mouse and keyboard? I didn't spearhead shit, Phantom of the Night. I was trying to take the piss when I said that. Well, play- well, first-person shooters, obviously. The game is where you point at the thing and click on the thing. Oh, speaking of... Casey got through, first off, platforming in uh, Half-Life 1. Not great. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's like It was still like learning that jumping puzzles in first-person shooters are not particularly welcome. He's also just got, he's got very slippery, slippy shoes on. He's wearing like penny loafers. So uh, the fact that you brought it up uh, makes me think that you've gotten to the Zen levels? Would no, we're right very, I think we're that? very close to Zen. Uh, the, the platform we were talking about was the getting down sort of like the mountainside and then we got through kind of the, la- the house oh, of lasers. Man, you're still way off the Zen levels, man. 
Taking our time. We're soaking it in. You still got like half of surface tension to go. No, I don't think so. I think we got a, I think a new title came up. Yes, yes, man. Surface tension is like one of the biggest levels in the game. I, I, I felt like a new title. If you've just gotten through like the laser trap room with all the explosives, you're about halfway through surface mm, tension. No, no, no. We haven't just. We, we did some stuff. We got a turret. We were firing at turrets. We found a room that has so many guns and ammos and things in it. Oh, my God. It was great. Have you ever run into a bit where you had to call down airstrikes on a big blue monster? We've been running away from airstrikes. There's There was like a tank we fought. We fought a tank and some airstrikes blew it up. Yes, but did, have you been calling down airstrikes on anything? I don't think so. I don't think we've okay, called. I, I think you would know if you that. had been. Okay, I don't think we've there's like the a, There's a that. map and bet buttons you have to press to uh, call down an airstrike on the door so you can proceed. We have most certainly not done that. Okay, so you're still in surface tension, but right okay. after you bring down the airstrike, you'll be in Forget About Freeman. Okay. And after Forget About Freeman comes Lambda Core, and after Lambda Core comes Zen. Okay, and Zen's the bad one. Yes. Okay. Okay, just just giving you the heads up there. Okay. We're doing good. Apparently uh, we're almost at the airstrike scene, according to Jason okay. Tudor. Thank you. Okay, uh, Liam GCE gives $20 and says, It currently seems like entertainment discourse focuses exclusively on lore and surface level plot at the expense of subtext and themes. Do you guys think that's accurate? What do you think of that type of discourse? Um, you know, I'd, I'd classify lore as being part of subtext the way I think of lore. Yeah. I mean, I think lore is like what we're talking about when we talk about Dark Souls item descriptions and shit. Yeah. And those don't feel like, yeah, those feel like almost completely different thing. Yeah, maybe subtext. Yeah, um, Liam, Liam, you should watch my extra punctuation on the subject of immersion storytelling, because mm -hmm. this is something I address in that. Yeah, uh, I think video games are uniquely equipped to uh, explore this notion of narrative not being like a beginning to end thing, but more a sort of thing we immerse ourselves in, like a big soapy bath. Yeah. Check that out. So yeah, it's not like a book you're reading. It is a thing you just need to constantly exist in. Yeah, it's not like following a linear point from beginning to end. Video mm -hmm. games are uniquely equipped to explore alternative forms of narrative to that. Yeah. I also think that in the AAA space, uh, uh, definitely handling themes throughout the entirety of a game are pretty tough because oftentimes the the game the themes of the the story can can butt heads against the the themes mm. or the verbs that the gameplay gives you i think you're able but to like deal if, with like if a oh, game God. has the theme that killing is bad and then but your main verbs are killing and you do yeah. a lot of killing yeah 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 um uh, yeah but i think there's plenty of i think there's plenty of indie games that that have those themes yeah, and those yeah. are able to be dealt with short ones notably yeah uh, Red Beer, member for eight months of bonus content, says my personal favourite games of 2013 are Tearaway, Fez, The Stanley Parable, Guacamole, and Soul Sacrifice, which I needed on PS5. Loved that game. Oh, we didn't mention Fez. Do you remember? I'm Fez? pretty sure Fez was was 2012. Okay, I think that's why I didn't mention it. It was it was 2012. Uh, but I, I enjoyed. Did you like Fez? I liked Fez quite a bit. It's an interesting game. I think uh, the drama surrounding the dude who made it is uh, the more the story these days. Yeah, and then kind of just <laughs> just pieced yeah. out from the games industry. Yeah, well, he was working on Fez 2 for a while, but then I guess like someone trolled him online and he said, right, no Fez 2 for anyone. I'm taking my ball and going home. He and did. then just left the games industry. 
yeah, I'm going to be honest, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Phil Fish, that was his name. Phil Fish. Yeah, I just, yeah. he was just on a podcast. I just read an interview with him. Apparently he's working on something now. Oh, what well, do you know? Look who came crawling back. <laughs> he also worked on it. He did a PSVR puzzle game, uh, but his name wasn't really attached to it. I say. Uh, John Connor, member for 12 months in Tip Jar. Thank you, John. And then Ricky gives five Canadian dollars and says, Yats, do you consider comedy a part of your personality since the beginning, or was it a skill that had to be learned and refined through experience? Strange question, Ricky. Define beginning. Do you mean like from the day I was born? Were you a funny baby? I don't believe I was a funny baby. But I was <laughs> exposed to a lot of comedy growing up, and uh, I have a lot of attachment to the comedy I watched growing up, like Red Dwarf, and mm. uh, when I was reading The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, and uh, other books in that oeuvre. I like to think it was a big uh, part of my developmental years, and that's why I became a humorist as an adult. Mm. Uh, but I'd say it's a bit of both. I was infused with comedy from an early age, but it was still a skill that I had to pick up from exposing myself to it a lot. You gotta stop saying exposing yourself. Um, okay. Were you like a were you like a class clown? Did they have those? Oh in, yes. In... Okay. Oh yes, I was. I lent towards uh, class clown tendencies quite a bit. You think Jack was a I, Jack had to have been a class clown, right? I mean, he was a literal clown. But... I've got to assume so. He yeah. certainly seems like the type. Because mm -hmm. I was, I, I didn't really stand out in uh, academic ability or in physical sport ability either. So we had to have something. You were tall. You could have done a bunch of dunks. I didn't dunks as in basketball dunks, not like weird dunks. I didn't so much dunk on people. Maybe yeah. your definition of class clown differs from mine. No, 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 no. Basketball dunks. Oh. Slam dunks. Hell yeah. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean like bully. You weren't bullying people. I, mean, I just mean no, like... I didn't bully people dunks. with my clowning. I wanted to make everybody laugh. Like See, a that's nice good. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that's how Rowan Atkinson got his start. He was a shy... The Mr. Bean. He was a shy, nervous, quiet boy, but then one day he decided to start being the class clown and he, and he, kept, and he would just bring the house down because he's such a natural physical performer. Anyway. You, you too can become Mr. Bean. Do you agree with the following statement? The mask wouldn't work with anyone other than Jim Carrey in the title role. Uh, man, yeah, the Jim Carrey of that era was was kind of second to none when it came to yeah. okay, that kind of physical comedy. Physical comedy, yeah. Yeah. Real larger-than-life stuff. Real rubber-face stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine Rowan Atkinson in the lead role of The Mask? I imagine he'd have a slightly different take on the character. Yeah, yeah. Mask was all horned up, though, and I can't imagine Rowan Axon being being. Yes, too so I guess up. like the the horned up was a big part of yeah uh, Jim Carrey's The Mask. Yeah. Anyway, Dylan Kuntz, member for thirty four months in credit, says Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, XCOM, and Bioshock Infinite. We are all great, but twenty thirteen also had Duke Nukem and Right to Hell Retribution. What a dynamic year! Did not have Duke Nukem. Yeah, all over the place. Duke Nukem was 2011. When there's a lot of things come out, you gotta take the rough with the smooth. Yeah. But the bad games are the ones that are fun to talk about. Yeah, exactly. And then Ricky comes back with 50 California dollars. Canadian dollars. California sorry. dollars? <laughs> yeah. You know, they're like regular dollars, but they're also slightly smug. <laughs> yeah. 
Yards, what's your secret in managing time? You're writing a book, coding a game, writing ZP and XP for The Escapist, participating in many live streams like this one, on top of all that you're a freaking dad raising two children, do you even sleep? Well, not as much as I'd like. Well I find what's useful is to very clearly have your time sectioned off. Mm -hmm. Like I only start work at 830 because that's uh, when my wife gets up and that's mm -hmm. when I come to the office. Before then it's looking after kids time. And then I work solidly on writing and shit in the morning. I play video games or live streams and do live streams in the afternoon. Yep. Whatever time in between things I fill up with uh, the side projects. Mm -hmm. And then I finish work around six o'clock for dinner and uh, spend time with the kids in the evening. There you go. And you don't watch TV. See, there you go. I watch very little TV. I watch so much TV. That's why I'm never going to have children, just because there's so many TV shows. Sometimes uh, in the evening, I'll just put on like random YouTube videos about, uh, you know, anything that's like an hour long, like mm -hmm. uh, amateur documentaries about video games and internet drama. And I just put those on in the background while I tidy up some code in the game on my laptop. Oh, there you go. Nice. Mostly after the kids have gone to bed, though. Speaking of YouTube videos. I got myself YouTube Premium finally. Oh my goodness! What have I been what? doing? Why don't What have you, I been doing? Why don't you just take a small amount of money and set fire to it every month? I got no ads. What are you? Are you? Are you still living in this ad life? No, I got ad block. Like sensible people. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking anyway. roasted. Dylan Kunz gives 9.99 and says, Hey, Yatsi and Marty, thanks for all the content over the years. Happy that I get to listen to my favorite podcast on my birthday. You're Happy welcome. birthday, Dylan. Oh, I should mention, uh, I always turn off Adblock when I go to escapismagazine.com because I would like to support my favorite sites. <laughs> you fucking <clears throat> monsters. Patent Pike, member for eight months in early access, says, Bioshock Infinite aged well except for the social aspect. I think the whole dealing with a cult of people who worship their nationalism like it's a religion has sort of only gotten more relevant as time has passed, especially in America. Yeah. I definitely, th I definitely think some of the aspects of, of the social aspects of Bioshock Infinite have aged. I'm assuming they mean Bioshock Infinite, not just Bioshock, have aged well. I think some of them have not. But. Yeah. I mean, I think that's every, anything after 10 years, unless Kojima made it. Everything is perfect that Kojima makes. Was Disregard the, all the creepy sexual stuff. Did, did Bioshock Infinite reference the alternative sexualities at any point? I don't think they did. I think these days it, it absolutely would have done. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't believe so. We'll see. Maybe saving that for Judas. Yeah. Now you got everyone in chat all happy about their ad block. Created monsters. Sorry. That's fine. I just feel like an idiot for spending $15 a month and I was all excited about it. <laughs> That's modern society. That's what they get you excited about. Fucking spending dolt. more money. Like a fucking dolt. Welcome to end stage capitalism. Oh, no. Uh, Kid Barchetta gives $5 and says, ZP trip week's idea. Pulsar stroke Sea of Thieves. No post ZP needed, if you say so. Also is... Is DS the P5R of Souls-like games since you're not a big fan of other games in the genre? All right, is let's figure that out. Is Dark, Dark Souls. Souls the Persona 5 Royal 
of Souls-like games? Is Demon Souls the Persona 5 Royal? I don't think so. You're not so. a big fan of the other games in the genre. Wait, I you like, like more Souls games than just one of them, right? I like plenty of Souls-likes. I like yeah. uh, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3. I like Bloodborne. Love Bloodborne. I like Elden Ring to, up to a point. First two thirds. <laughs> yeah. I've just been saying recently that I've been feeling Souls-like fatigue. I'm sick of just playing games yeah. and getting the shit beaten out of me. Although I played a bit of Woe Long last week. Mm-hmm. Why is that game getting so like review bombed on steam is it like apparently the pc uh uh, port has some some problems doesn't play well with certain people's rigs oh okay yeah i don't think it's because of the content it's probably something that that well i have noticed some graphical glitches but i've been putting off Mm -hmm. updating the graphics card yeah uh yes i believe that is that is the reason people are upset also zp trip week's idea pulsar or sea of thieves no post cp needed but if you're going to be gone where well that's Everyone's going to be out. We are dealing with what we're going to be doing with streams and stuff that week, those weeks, because most of our team is going to be out for several weeks. Yeah, we're going to well, do some streaming from uh, Wisconsin once more. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a game night. We got a game night promised. Uh, we'll see if, what other shenanigans. Got to play that Barbie board game. We've been talking about that friggin' Barbie board game so much. Okay. I guess Barbie we'll... has her own board game. She goes I, to the mall. I believe for... you. Yeah. A lot of things have their own board game. You should have a board game. I do. It's called Yahtzee. Got roasted again. <laughs> this is the second time I got roasted. And the first one was because of my fucking fifteen dollars uh, a month. Well, it's not strictly a board game, is it? Because that's true. Someone, no someone board. was going to be a pedant and be like, "Actually, it's a die-based game." Anyway, uh, Ricky again comes back with five Canadian dollars and says, "Alan Moore once said new writers should read bad stories to improve their skills. Do you think this logic applies to game developers? Absolutely, Ricky. I've yeah. better in the past. It's more fun to play yep. bad games than bland ones. Yep. Play you Balan Wonder- from them. Play Balan Wonderworld and try to figure out why you hate it. I'm going to start streaming Balan Wonderworld like next week. Well, I'm that about could to be your Twilight job. Princess. That could be your job. Figure out why you I'm- hate it." I mostly, I just want to start leading the movement to get Yuji Naka out of prison. Hashtag free Yuji Naka. Oh, what, what, was, what was his crime? Like white collar crime? He's, he'll be out in six months. Oh, but in Japan, we don't know what's going on. He might be there forever. Uh, I don't money, know how white collar uh, crimes work in Japan. Money talks. If it's, a crime, if it's a crime that rich people do, it's just slaps on the wrist world, isn't it? That's true. Martha Stewart's become more famous since her insider trading. Yeah. She's friends with Snoop Dogg now. Oh my god, what if Yuji Naka becomes friends with Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart? He's going to come out and make a video game about being in prison, except you're an anthropomorphic weasel. I would play the fuck out of that game. Patton Pike gives $5 with really stringy legs for some reason. Patton Pike gives $5 and says, Payday 2 ended up as a really good game. Took them about three to four years to get there, though. They brought mm. it back from Starbreeze, so no more microtransacts. Okay. Did you ever get into I, Payday? I never really got into Payday, no. Nah. Starbreeze, though, I know. They were the guys who made uh, Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay and the Dark right. game. Yeah. That's, That's all I know about them. Same. I think they're Swedish. I'm sure they made other things, too. Mm-hmm. They're Swedish. I can confirm they are Swedish. Oh, damn it. The The chat window did that thing where it scrolled all the way to the bottom and i might have lost some super chats no i think we're at satirac 1980 okay. been a member for eight months says crisis three still one of my all-time guilty pleasures oh yeah we didn't bring up crisis three okay 
I mean, it's not as good as Crisis 1 or Crisis 2. I, I'm going to be honest. Never played a Crisis game. So those were all beefy PC games, and I was not a PC person. Well, the Crisis 2 and 3 both came out on the consoles, as I recall. And they had the stench of PCs all over them. Yeah, I guess you don't you don't want to FPS on consoles generally. I'm no, doing my review of Metroid Prime Remastered. Did I mention? Are you going to say something mean? That's, that was from one of the really early days of uh, console FPSs. And fittingly, the yeah. control, the original controls sucked ass. They fixed it a little bit. The, the remake has better controls. You well, can yeah, go to like remake. a more modern control scheme. Well, yeah, the remake kind of had to fix it. it did, <laughs> had to pick up the shattered ruins and try to make an act control scheme that actually worked. That's how a lot of people felt when the, the GoldenEye sort of re-release came out recently. Everyone's like, oh, this doesn't control well. <laughs> oh, so, no. Yeah. Try to imagine a first-person shooter that only uses one analog stick. Just try to put together in your head how that might work. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway. Genuine likes. Uh, I have a Lapis Larka with $5. 2013 is the year SimCity died. Fitting Become Cities 2 was announced today. Hopefully uh, the newly revealed Life by You from Paradox does the same for The Sims. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah SimCity about... 2013 killed that yeah. franchise. And then City Skyline came and picked up all the pieces and yep. became its own thing. And, and, uh, so they're, Paradox, and they're also it's... doing a Sims-esque game. Eat that well, lunch. I guess if you've eaten one lunch and they've left out another lunch for you to have, nothing's stopping you from eating as much lunch as you want. Who's, what's, what's going on with this two-lunch thing, though? Just have one lunch. Eat one lunch well, like a normal person. Some people are fat bastards. Okay. Also true. Uh, Ricky? Are you at Ricky? Two, yeah, five Canadian dollars? Yeah, I've oh, got yeah. Ricky. Assuming it's the same one. Ricky's been pouring out the Super Chats this week. Yeah, Ricky money, Ricky money bags. And says, now that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is Da King of Development Hell, <laughs> ideally, how long do you think a game should be in development before it should be put out of its misery? Well, apparently that period of time is indefinite in this day and age. I mean, Deep what? Devil 2 eventually came out. Dune Nukem Forever eventually came out. I wonder what's, what's the longest a game's been in development and then it's come out and it's been good. Oh. I have no idea. Yeah. What's the game that's... I remember looking this up. What's the game that was the longest in development and and eventually came out? Ah, Last Guardian, maybe? Something like that? Mm, ah, someone will know. Yeah. Uh, Zaratha gives five Aro dollars. Brazilian real, I think. And that's says, right. just this morning, a dude just threw a milk carton at me. How dare he? You're welcome, Hitchcock. <laughs> Another classic pun there. Oh, have I, have uh, I told you this one? Um, Blur goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, I think I'm an island in the Mediterranean. And the doctor says, don't be so silly. Ah! Ah, that's a Sicily joke. Yes, there you go. Sicily. Uh, Monday Adams gives $2 and says, So we just beat the good life. That ending, help? Well, that ending's beyond help, I'm afraid, Monday Adams. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Anyway, Monday we know, Adams. Was that like, because uh, that came out around the same time as Deadly Premonition 2. Do we know which one Swery was actually devoting? Oh, I want to say The Good Life feels like it had more of himself in it. Okay. And then Monday Adams comes back with another $5 and says, Also, the content with Swery was Kickstarter backer-only, according to the PA4 version. Something you want to confess, Yats? Uh... It might be because I was playing a review code. 
I don't understand. I actually don't remember if I was playing a review code. Anyway, Leonard Psychobite gives 10 euros and says, I never understood the massive popularity of The Last of Us. As far as yummy, hairy dad games go, I prefer Bioshock Infinite and Telltale The Walking Dead Series 1. I mean, you can, it's it's easy to not like to say you don't like The Last of Us, but I think its popularity is pretty. I didn't I like it much. Yeah, but I think its popularity is pretty obvious, right? Like it's yeah, because it's pe- big, it's pretty, it, it tells a, a story with good writing yes. and, and acting. And people know. are loads of sheep, and if enough people say <laughs> this is the thing you're all supposed to like, they will go, "We like this thing." All right, Johnny negatives. There's plenty of negative sheep out there who just want to just, just fucking a neigh at everything. A negative sheep, a sheep that's the negative of a white sheep. What a preposterous concept. Oh, yeah, that sheep. Incredible. I think Glass was great. Also, The Last of Us HBO show. Wonderful. Well, yeah. And as, and as I keep saying, now that it's come out, everyone's uh, suddenly agreeing with me that the game sucked. Uh, the TV series is what brought it into its own, because what do you know? A linear story works best as a TV series. Anyway. Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, Ah, Bioshock Infinite, the game's singularly responsible for the rapid advances in 3D animated pornography. I'm ashamed to admit, mm-hmm. I might have seen the same animated gif that you have, Guru 2000 So it's like Songbird boned down? No, no, it was, let's just say it was a boned down between two characters that implies that the creator of the boned down never played to the end of the game. Oh no! <laughs> That's not good. It's like Game of Thrones. Uh, Rick That's Vicious. Like 12 minutes. <laughs> Moving on. Rick Vicious gives $2 and says, Yarts and Obra Dinn wedding when? Oh, I didn't think I could ever enter a wedding unless it was part of a polycule. We're also with Spirit Spiritfarer and Dark Souls and Silent Hill 2 and a bunch of other games. You're just going to marry all the boats? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah. line them all up on the shore. Nice little fleet. And get a get a traditional naval captain to perform the ceremony, which apparently they didn't used to do. But that's uh, just a pop culture lie. Apparently, I guess when you think about it, it makes sense because uh, women aren't allowed on ships in the olden days. So, oh yeah, uh, not even for uh, not even for a bridal party. Pretty dumb. Uh, Richard, a member for two months in early access, says, "How do you feel about Hotline Miami, Marty? It's eighties." Uh, I'm not, honestly not crazy about Hotline Miami. <laughs> you don't I, like I don't Hotline like the game. No, I don't like the gameplay loop. I find the that's, I don't know the whole the whole style and everything was kind of jarring. I don't know. Wasn't that was, of that era. That's not one of the indie games I talk about. It's like classic indie game. I still consider games where you're expected to rush in and die a lot and try again uh, uh, as Hotline Miami like. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm not saying it wasn't influential. It just wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Not my breed of ultraviolence. Oh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Uh, Pateris Chris Janis, member for 28 months in bonus content, says, while Bioshock Infinite gameplay falls apart in the end, I still feel impact left on me about how and even if you can redeem yourself. Hey, Pateris, you know, on the internet, you can, like, give yourself nicknames, right? You can be whatever crazy name you like. I call myself Yahtzee. Some people call themselves names like uh, um, Caramel Gopher. It makes things a lot of fun, I find. You know what? Be proud of your name. Petraeus, be proud of your name. Same things to you, Richard, who gave the previous member chat. You don't know, maybe that's a little, maybe that's like a little goofy, goof name. 
Oh, and and you as well, Michael Wolf, who gives two dollars to say what about Tales of Vesperia? What okay. about what Tales about of Vesperia? Tales of Vesperia? Michael <laughs> Wolf? Uh, I only played uh, Tales of Symphonia and Tales of Arise. I never played Vesperia. I don't know what I was doing in 2013. I was too busy being never linked between it. worlds. There you go. Uh, ah, see, that's more like it. Mad Cowboy, member for nine <laughs> months in early access, says, Zen is a nice change of pace. Half-Life was getting stale. Well, if you were feeling that way, maybe you should just stop and play a different game, Mad Cowboy. Because that's basically what it did. Switch to a different game for the last chapter. Man, I I have I have a decent amount of complaints about Half Life. Uh, it being stale is not one of them because well, it finish, continues finish the, to throw curveballs at us. Finish the game with KC and then come to me with a list, and we'll go through it. All right. Okay, that'll be like that'll be like three or four years from now. We're taking Will, time. Will Cooling gives two pounds. Says, has your thoughts on Mario 3D World improved, Yards? I guess it's fine. It's not fine. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. This this negativity around The Last of Us and and Mario 3D World, it's got to go. It's got to go. I played it with my daughter a bit. Oh, that's nice. In front of her, I should say. Oh, the the Switch version? It's still hard to keep keep track of all the different ones. So there's New Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, New Super Mario Brothers 2, New Super Mario Brothers U... New Super Mario 3D Land, mm-hmm. Super Mario 3D World. I think you might have these... There's a there was a new uh, Luigi something Luigi U. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there? one that's Luigi, and these Oops, are all, all Luigi's. These are all distinct, different games. Yeah, they have a problem using the same names for a lot of things. Yeah, have you noticed that? Have you noticed Nintendo yeah. tend to do that? Yeah, Mario Odyssey was a nice like breath of fresh air because that's just. That's the only thing that's called Odyssey. Uh, also, Dan, when are we get when are we getting our new Mario game? What's going on here? Uh, they're still working on the open world, which is that's got to be a Switch Switch Two launch game. Switch Two launch game. Because I, I keep saying Mario Open World is kind of an inevitability. Yeah. It's going to happen sooner or later. I mean, uh, and I feel like uh, Bowser's Fury was them sort of putting out feelers to sort Very of gauge the, the reaction. Uh, there would be to a uh, open world Mario, and it's basically the only way they can top Mario Odyssey at this point. Dan, if I do, gives two dollars and says, "Here's two bucks because your doggy is cute." Oh, you hear that? You've eat tonight, Toffee. <laughs> you earn some money. Dooby 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 doo doo. We're at Babylon Broken, who gives £25. Oh my Boy, gosh. that's like 8000 American dollars. It is. And says, it's a shout, actually. Been enjoying your content forever, but I ain't being subjected to ads. Have this instead. Thank you for being a good British ambassador, Yahtzee. Well, I don't if think I'm... Use... Well, I'm not really a very good British ambassador because when people say to me, should I go and live in Britain? I say to them, you absolutely should not. It sucks. But you talk about British treats a lot. You talk about British um, television that I don't understand. I'm being nostalgic lot. for a period in which I lived in England. I wouldn't want mm-hmm. to go back there now. It sucks now. Everywhere sucks now. California is very nice, I will say. Yeah, California is about as good as you'll get these days. Yeah, very expensive. You just sort of have to sort of mentally separate it from the rest of America. 
you just wait. You're gonna April's gonna come around. You're gonna come back, and you're gonna be like, "Can we do a slight something else on why the next great video game should take place in Milwaukee?" Because you're gonna fall in love with it. Yeah, Let well, me tell you. as we've discussed, I'm sure it's a great post-apocalypse setting. I'm sure you're not even gonna know this. what it's like to be next to a lake. Oh. Sure I'll go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and look around and say, "Yeah, this really looks like it would be great if we dropped a huge bomb on it." You just wait. Brady Street, bars, restaurants on the same street. Ricky, holy shit, slow down, Ricky. Give us five Canadian dollars and says, Gentlemen, how do I acquire a six pack? I'm sure both of you have a lot of expertise on the subject, so I feel like your input will help me out immensely. Well, what I usually do is I I go to the BevMo. Lol. <laughs> ah! Beverages and more. Um, yeah, uh, cut carbs, cut sugar, do some setups. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like that. Do, do we look like we know how to acquire a six pack, Ricky? Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, think, I don't think. Does anyone on, on who's who's got a six pack? Does anyone have a six pack? Does Jack have a six pack? I I very much doubt it. I bet Jack's like secretly swole. I haven't been able to go down the climbing gym since uh, our first kid was born. So I'm the I'm the furthest thing from a six pack right now. <laughs> anyway, Voitech. I know how to pronounce that now. Or do I? We don't gives, know. People keep us. Gives ten or void check. Gives ten dollars and says any nautical book recommendations. Hornblower, the Horatio Hornblower books, all of them. Mm. And some people like the Master and Commander series or that shit. I tried. I tried reading Master and Commander. Kind of bounced off it. I think I'm going to try it again though. Mm. Uh, the the Terror. I read the Terror. Okay, that, that was about a that was about a boat that got like stuck in a in a in a ice in like an iceberg. Oh, is that the one that made a uh, TV? Show, made a right, TV series based that off. Yeah, and then it kind of became about like a survival story, cannibalism. I should read Very that. Scary. Although it might be, I I like adventuresome nautical adventures, mm. not horrifying ones. Yeah, there's a little there's a little spooky. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, Humane Shield gives nine ninety nine. And says, is there such a thing as a good fanboy? I would consider myself a Dresden Files fanboy, but I love series and acknowledge that it's good world building with mostly basic character design. Well, I'd say it's bad to be a Dresden Files fanboy, Humane Shield. <laughs> um, I think as long as you you under you are self-aware, I think it's fine to be to be a fan of stuff. If you're self-aware, and then if you're not toxic because other people don't like it and if you kind of understand that your personal opinion is your personal opinion and not gospel i think that's fine i'm going to make a semantic argument i think it's fine to be a okay. fan of something it's not fine to be a fanboy of something what do you think the difference is uh well the difference like is espousing gospel yeah yeah fanboy or fangirl or fan whatever you are mm-hmm yeah don't go to don't like don't go to bat for corporations that's weird Corporations. I think um, Mark Kermode, the film critic, once said that uh, when he was reviewing Zack Snyder's Watchmen, he was saying the good, the uh, on the good side of things, Zack Snyder is a fan of Watchmen, but on the bad side of things, he's also a fanboy of Watchmen. Mm. Mm. So that might give you some insight into how I understand the distinction between the two. Is I like that. Yeah. Uh, Coopers, welcome to bonus content. Thank you, Coopers. And Patent Pike gives $2 and says Metroid Dread was apparently 16 years to develop. Well, that wasn't in development. That was, it was, it was announced 
Yeah. And uh, it was scrapped several times, and eventually, when it went under Mercury Steam, uh, that was a, it was a very different project. So, but that is a very long time from reveal to it coming yeah. out. And Rick Vicious gives two dollars and says, "Buka versus Mortimer. Whom's is the better bard?" Well, I I'm, think I'm, you're trying. I think Rick's, bard. Yeah, he's trying to start shit between the two of us, but he has made the rookie error uh, by not realizing that only one of those characters was a bard. Yeah, I was. I was. A, I was a cleric, and I was a level one cleric, which, yeah. to be honest, not, not great. Wasn't able to save anyone on that trip. And uh, Mortimer's only a half bard. <laughs> he's a rogue bard. He's a multi-class. Which half rogue... the top half and the bottom half? Well, I call him Rogue Bard, but uh, in my in my mind, his class is con artist. I like it because it's like it. it's uh, charisma married with stealth and stealing stuff. I'm really excited for you guys to film season three in person. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm gonna, as a fan, I'm, I'm going to dress up. <gasps> Incredible. Except, except probably not. Okay. Slightly less incredible. Ricky gives five Canadian dollars again. Jesus Christ. He can't be Ricky. stopped. Ricky. Oh, Ricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow <laughs> my mind. And he asks, Marty, have you seen Chainsaw Man? One of the few anime that made me binge read the manga after watching his first season. It's that good. Uh, I have. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I don't I don't read a lot of manga, especially if uh, a series is still ongoing. Uh, however, I, I really enjoyed Chainsaw Man. Yasi, have you seen Chainsaw Man? I have not. A man who becomes a chainsaw. I have not, but it is constantly coming up. And I'm yeah. learning a lot about it from the usual internet cultural osmosis. I think yeah. uh, Anime with Alvin did a recipe from it once. Which is like what the... Is anime with it's like the Binging with Babbage spin-off. Mm. that uh, does animes and video game recipes. Oh, interesting. He did the uh the um the the giant burger from Persona 5. Yeah, incredible, the Big he, Bang Burger? Yeah, he literally made the burger that was like 2 foot wide. You should check it out. That burger's too big. No one should be eating that. Uh well, that's all the super chats. Oh my god, that's such a big burger. I just I know, Googled right? It. Oh, it's in. It's like in the Babish universe yeah yeah he's one of the spin-off uh mm. part of the bcu yeah so uh that'll be it from us today unless more super chats mm -hmm. arrive which they inevitably will while we're signing off oh what do you know the dogmatic director gives two dollars and says last minute don't know aren't i such a scamp oh you sure made us look like fools by giving us money the dogmatic director i sure hope no one else makes us look like fools by giving us money before the end of this classic scampery anyway what have we got coming up this week well for my part i've got my usual zero punctuation it will be on the subject of atomic heart <laughs> although on the same day hogwarts, my hogwarts legacy video drops on youtube so i'm sure there'll be a fun time to be had from that as well that's why nick is another stream because he's resting for yeah he's <laughs> got to have ready his, for that. His, his banning figure ready i mean even from just the release on the site i saw the reddit thread went past a thousand uh, comments. Don't go to Reddit. It's fine. Uh, yes, uh, so I'll be posting be streaming Atomic Heart that day at the usual time. I have an extra punctuation dropping on YouTube for everyone in the ruined aftermath of the YouTube channel that will remain after the Hogwarts Legacy review comes out. 
Uh, and we're doing a stream on Thursday. I think we decided we were going to play Power Watch Simulator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. I think we're we're doing our final group stream, Power Watch Simulator. Uh, we're going to be hosing down a bunch of stuff. Free Final Fantasy VII DLC, Ooh. so we can finally hose down uh, Cloud's that's, filthy hog. That's caused a bit of a stir. So I think we're going to have to do that. Wonderful. Very excited for that. All right. Uh, what else we got that's not me related? Uh, why would why would we do anything that isn't you related? Uh, later today, uh, Jesse and Casey are going to be back. Uh, Hidden Gems, 7 p.m. tonight, playing Young Souls. I don't know what it is. It's got souls in the title. I don't know what it that's is. That's a good um, trick, isn't it? There's a lot of indie games that have pulled that shit. There's a lot of them. There's, there's absolutely a lot of them. Uh, tomorrow, we will be back with uh, the recap, talking about the latest episode of uh, The Last of Us. Nick will be back with uh, Editor's Backlog. I think he's going to be jumping into some VR stuff. Uh, and then the regular streams uh, the, the rest of the week. Um, uh, we'll be doing more Half-Life. Uh, Nick will be doing more Max Payne 3. Uh, more more God of War. Oh, Jesse beat God of War 2, so he's now on God of War 3, which is very exciting. And then oh, Friday... That, that uh, took him long enough. That was it, yeah. But he did it. He got through hell and back. I'm proud of Jesse. Um, and then uh, on on Friday, uh, the Adventure is Live crew, which <laughs> the normal crew will be uh, uh, Jack, Casey, Amy, and Jesse. Correct? Not me. Not I've you. got shit to Not do. You. Yeah. He's got all that. He's got he's got all those videos to watch, all those ad free videos to watch. Um, they will be back at uh, 5 p.m. Central for the first um, in its full form episode of Adventures Live. So tune in for that and then go to the website. Yes. We got all sorts of great shit at the website. Yes. Oh, my God. Amazing articles. That's not great Adventures stuff. and I role playing. They're just going to play video games together that are sort of Dungeons and Dragons adjacent. Yep, yep. There's nothing canonical that will come in terms of Adventures Nigh, but it's going to be a great place to just chat about Adventures is Nigh, chat about role-playing in general, spoof and goof. There you go. It'll fun, fun, fun. All mm -hmm. right, here come the inevitable final Super Chats that came in after I challenged them. SV Square 2000 gives two euros and says, Fools, here's more money. Humane Shield gives four ninety nine and says, I've got a cunning plan, my lord, which is a reference to classic British comedy show Blackadder, which oh, starred... The aforementioned Rowan Atkinson. That sounded like you were saying Black Adam, the hit rock film. No, no, no. Black Adder. Okay. As okay. in the snake. Okay. And then Simple Still Simon something. gives $2 and says, Goosing the hog, goosing the hog. Hell yeah. Well, that's only fair because that reference went over my head. That's fine. It's a re it, was, it, was a re it was what I said when I got excited when I found a Beyblade in uh, Twilight Princess, which okay. is a very weird sentence to say as an adult. Don't goose the hog. That's sexual harassment. That wasn't. No, it was fine. It was goosing the we goose the hog. Well, I hope uh, that hog never goes and writes any tell-all. Uh, oh no! No, the hog was the Beyblade. The Beyblade was the hog. Well, I hope the Beyblade doesn't go and complain to human resources the then. The Beyblade's fine. The Beyblade's fine. Anyway, oh, and uh, Nick wants us to read the article about Slay the Princess that he's just linked in the chat. I guess. <laughs> Well done, Nick. All right, that's it from us. I'll see you all again on Wednesday. Have a great rest have of your day, everyone. Have a good rest of the day. Thanks Bye. for the donos. We appreciate it. Cheerio. I wish to be. <laughs>